Hey, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Tara. And you're listening to Growing with Letty and Lucy. Oh, I'm so obsessed with this thing. It's ridiculous. Hey guys, it's Stephanie from Growing with Letty and Lucy. And today, oh my gosh, we have a really great guest for you. We have Let Us Grow's own performance plant-based superhero, um, Robbie Ballinger. Um, if you're not familiar with Robbie, he just ran, he just set the world record. Is that yes. right? The, the world record. The world record. For the number of miles, the number of times run around Central Park in New York yeah. City. Um, and he ran almost 100 miles in one day. <laughs> I can't run 100 miles in a year. And he ran 100 miles in a day um, from six o'clock in the morning till one o'clock at night. Um, and he is, he's a wonderful person. He's all plant-based and he's here to talk to us about how he uses his lettuce grow, how he, what he does for the company and how he is an amazing athlete that thrives on the greens. Yep. And we've said that this, this season, we really wanted to focus on how people are growing differently than us. And that's, uh, Obviously, we talked to Natalie about how she grows inside in Cincinnati, which is very different than the way that we grow. Um, Robbie gives an even further uh, explanation of growing for a very different um, diet than we have. Yeah. And I, I think he gives us a lot of insights, um, issues, a little bit of a challenge. Well, we kind of forced him to give us a challenge. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's very mellow and not at all militant. Want a challenge. Yeah. So yeah. uh, listen and see if if maybe you want to join us. And we'll report back next week and see how that goes for us. Um, I definitely am committing to doing it. Um, I do, do want to say that we talked about last week, uh, briefly yeah. a new bundle out. And what's interesting is that it's not, um, so some of you may have seen that it was already announced, uh, the Zoe's growing pack. Um, it wasn't actually incorporated into the bundles like yeah not, I thought it was like a traditional a... bundle and at first I was like well that's kind of confusing but once I got in there and looked it's really interesting the way that they did it because it's really broken down into where and how you grow um if you're new you can buy a whole pack um with the stand mm -hmm. and everything with Zoe seedlings which I think is really interesting being that she's the first one that I heard about the the stand from if this mm -hmm. had been last year I probably would have just done that um yeah. I do, do think it was I was looking through and it's it is a great starter pack and what also is nice is you uh I believe all the rest of the bundles are six right six yes. seedlings per bundle this yep. you can select 12 24 you know 30 36 oh I didn't um, realize that that's kind of cool yeah and so it reduces so basically it changes when you select each one so huh it prioritizes like if you only have 12 so it's great for someone um, like that's already growing that still has stuff on their stand. Like for me, uh, if I have 12 spots available, I could just go in and pick Zoe's bundle with those 12 spots. And then we'll give you a, her top 12 basically, or it reduces like some, like she picked two arugulas for 36, but then maybe just one for 12. So, yeah. um, and you could see so cool. some of those vanity things that we talk mm -hmm. about, um, disappear as the numbers go down. So take a look at it. It's really interesting. And um, I love to see her increased involvement. I think yeah, that she absolutely. brings something unique and fun to the table. Um, whether or not you're a celebrity whore like we are. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just think that she just makes Let Us Grow more visible um, to a wider audience. So I think that it's 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 definitely a positive to have her. And Robbie does the same thing. You know, he he also, you know, everything that he did last week was a big shout to Let Us Grow along with the uh, apparel line that he ran in. Um, And, you know, I think it's really cool to see the growth potential of this product. And something Robbie does mention is wanting people to see the farm stand as an appliance you keep in your kitchen. You know, like you have a refrigerator, you have a dishwasher, you have a stove, you have a farm stand. And that's also kind of cool. I'm really Maybe a mini farm stand. (laughs) The the requested mini farm stand. I also really want to quickly um, say welcome to Melissa Perro who is a user. She just bought her farm stand this week. Yay! Um, she was my son's first grade teacher who had to go through the pandemic. And she just she just bought. So welcome, Melissa. We're excited. God to bless here. you, Melissa. Yeah. We should have yeah, bought wonderful. you one of those. Stephanie should have <laughs> bought you a farm stand. Let's be honest. <laughs> really, truly. So welcome to the world of podcasts. I mean... Growing. Well, you know what I would love <laughs> to podcast. see is maybe someday a teacher, I would love to see a teacher once people are actually in school, having one in their classroom. Like oh, I know yeah. that Lettuce Grow does that with some schools, but I would love to see just like some, like someone we know's teacher, you know, in one of so your cool. kids' teachers having one in their stand. That would be really cool. I mean, in that classroom. That would be really cool. That'd be cool. So anyway, enjoy. Stick around for the interview with Robbie Ballinger. Um, and thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Robbie. Hi there. Nice to chat with you guys. Hi. <laughs> Ladies. How are you? We go uh, by guys. We're from Southern California. Yeah. We go by dudes, guys. Dude, dude is cool. Everything. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. You can call me. I mean, no, I'm not going to say it. You can't call Mom? me. Mom? That will make me just feel older than we, I need to we, feel. We, both will, we will both answer to mom. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will both answer to that. Um, so, Robbie, we're, you're in Colorado. That's correct. Yeah, I'm in Denver, Colorado. Denver. How is it there? What's it like there? Is it uh, yeah, snowing uh, or is it springtime yet? Um, the weather here is always kind of bipolar. So um, cool, today cool, there cool, is a little cool. bit of snow on the ground. Yesterday was really warm. Two weeks ago, we got two feet of snow. So, you oh know, you gosh. pick the day. It's something different. You still have <laughs> probably awesome. a good month left of that possibility, right? Yeah, that's from my understanding. This is our third third winter here in Denver. Okay. Um, we moved up here from Austin, Texas, and oh, cool. from what I understand, March, April can be kind of the snowier time of year, which is just okay. very counterintuitive to me. But yeah. um, you know, whatever Denver wants, Colorado wants to do, we'll do it. So, so yeah. what took you from Austin to Colorado? Um, we moved up here, uh, my fiance and I, for her to uh, go to nursing school. Um, very there was, cool. There was a really good program at uh, CU up here, so we we made the move for that, and I uh, had just kind of made a career change and had left um, the restaurant industry. I was part owner and oversaw operations for some pizzerias down in Austin and let that go. And it sounded like a good move to me. He just said one of our favorite words besides lettuce grow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're big pizza fans here. We we both also have a uni pizza oven. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those are our new our new babies, our new obsession that has uh, is starting to rival our farm stands. It really <laughs> is. We, we started talking Both about those cool. in equal measure. Yes, they're super cool. Um, yeah. So we should, I mean, we have a limited amount of time with you. So we definitely want to get all the good dirt and you have some really exciting stuff going on that we wanted to chat about. Um, 
specifically about your <gasps> recent world record yeah. shattering trip around New, uh, Central Park. So I want to hear all back, of it. I want to yeah. hear all about that. Also, you're, yeah, you're running across the country. I mean, you're just like yeah. doing all <laughs> the and, things. And let's really quickly also, let's make sure we're clear about this. Like, I'm like a, I'm like a cheeseburger and pepperoni pizza kind of girl and you're like a plant-based wonder so i want to hear i want to hear everything i want to hear all about it and i want to first comment on how beautiful your farm stand is right behind you it's beautiful we'll have to grab a picture of that at the end if you don't mind but does she have a name does your stand you know no it's just it's our beautiful farm stand you know it's your beautiful farm stand. yeah that's okay we're so we're not letty and lucy those are our farm stands (laughs) okay yes mine is i I mean my fiance and i'll have to get together and put our heads together on a name i think it first baby yeah 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 (laughs) that was awesome okay so tell us tell us about so let's start with what happened most recently because I know I just saw your um, Instagram today and was just like you the look of joy on your face Um, I want to hear everything about it and how you're feeling now this many days after it's only been a few days yeah absolutely yeah on Saturday I um, set out to break the record for most uh, loops around Central Park in a day it is called the Central Loop uh, Central Park Loop Challenge the rules kind of go, you have from five minutes after the park opens till five minutes before it closes, get in as many miles as you can. That's from oh 6.05 a.m. till 1.05 a.m. So about eight, 18 hours and 50 minutes. Um, the, <laughs> the prior- I just, my body hurts listening yeah. to that. <laughs> well, mine does, mine does too. So. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, the prior record was 11 loops, so about 68 miles. And I wow. bumped it up to 16 loops, 98 and a half miles. So definitely put put some cushion on there put a you know took it up quite a bit um but yeah super proud of the effort it was a lot of fun i was doing it with um a clothing brand called Ten Thousand. they um we, we kind of partnered up on this and then as always let us grow is a big part of everything i do yeah um the the food that i get off of the farm stand is much of what fuels me and keeps me healthy so that i can take on efforts such as this awesome we definitely want to talk about that i would have a couple of questions because i am my sister lives in new york um so I'm familiar with the park. Are you actually running the perimeter of the park or are you running through the park? It's the outer loop. So it's 6.1 okay. miles. Um, to my amazement when I got there, it is a lot hillier than I expected. Um, it is. I yeah. think people aren't aware. Totally. It's a lot, what? I, 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 hillier. A lot of hills. Oh, yeah. hillier. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, elevation wise, it's a lot. Um, didn't expect that. I'd seen it kind of on paper, but I couldn't really comprehend it until I got there. And there's definitely everything's named in the park because I think it's such an iconic loop and people yep. do it so often. So I was quick to find out there's Cat Hill, there's <laughs> um, Harlem Hill, and then the Three Sisters. And those are like the three the three elevation spots you really have to climb. And they definitely took took their toll. But um, yeah, it was wow. a lot. It was good to be around so much energy. You know, New York's kind of getting back to life, you can tell. Yeah. Right. Being the first day of spring, it felt like the first day of spring. So lots of people were out. Good people. Oh man, in New York, when it when the oh, sun yeah. comes out, yeah. it is like it's totally on. World. <laughs> yeah, did you here's like a really tactical question, but did you have to wear a mask? Not while I ran. Okay. Um, you know, it, I was very mindful of that everywhere else. But out there, like people that are running, usually runners don't wear a mask, you know, in the effort itself. Um right good at social distancing while I do that you know you're giving people room as you walk, as you run around them you give them a big halo and they do the same for you I live like there... a, by a lot of trailheads and I see so they run down my street both yeah. ways to hit the trail and I do see that they wear 
a mask kind of down and yeah. then if they are near anyone yeah. they can't stand i had i had one around my neck at all times in, okay. in case That's i good. was going to inter interact with someone <laughs> or um had to walk into uh, one of the buildings for the restroom or something like that whole new world yeah it really <laughs> I mean, I know, masks. Right? even that we had to ask that <laughs> it's <was> just <laughs> totally. weird um so you were there other people running too or was it just you no, for, for the challenge itself, it was just me. Um, okay. it's, it's, it goes under this thing they call FKTs, fastest known times. Um, usually those are a point to point kind of thing or a loop and it's how fast can you do it? This one's a little bit different because there's an allotted amount of time and you see how many you think, like how much you can do in the amount of, in that amount of time. But um, yeah, so I, I took on the challenge as an individual and then I'm sure someone will come behind me pretty soon and give it a try as well. So it's just, sure. it's kind of a constant evolution. Amazing. Was so there like press coverage and the whole thing while you were there? Yeah we, were filming, yeah, we were filming it for some short docs and some stuff that the brand 10,000 will be using um, in some ad campaigns coming up. Okay. Um, and then also um, the farm stand got a really good like supporting actor role. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of it, we'll see how it comes out in production. But um, yeah, there, were, there was some filming being done. The uh, so And then just, I don't know how many people will be aware of you, uh, but we you also ran across the country. What was that two years ago or a year and a half ago or something? I did that. Yeah. I finished on um, May 29th of 2019. I ran from okay. Huntington Beach. So just south of Los Angeles to uh, Tavern on the Greens in Central Park. So that's what also right. made this effort really special for me was returning to where I finished that to take on another big challenge. So sure. Yeah, that's, that's why. Crazy. <laughs> no, that's just you love you love to run. And I, I, I mean, that's kind of your your message, right? Is it was interesting. I listened to your, your, uh, live yesterday with uh -huh. Dotsie. It was great. Um, and it totally, uh, cause I've been following you and I, it was interesting that I hadn't it, it, when you talk, when you hear you in person or, you know, live, I got a totally different impression of what your message is. So my interpretation of what your message was prior was look at me I can be an elite ultra athlete in mm -hmm. spite of the fact that I am a <laughs> vegan yeah. but that's not your message your message seems to be I am an elite ultra athlete because of what Absolutely. I get from being a vegan and that is a a, a very seems simple and uh difference but it isn't yeah totally and then that is something that you know the conversation is changing uh currently and I think due to efforts such as mine and some other athletes and films like uh, Game Changers that's on Netflix, like that, mm -hmm. the proof is kind of in the pudding and we've been making a lot of strides and showing that this is a performance enhancing decision. It's not something that, that, that is, it's not a, yeah, I can do this in spite of, it's that's the reason I'm able to do these things. Right, um, and that was interesting you know. that both of you, you and Dotsie yesterday were saying kind of the similar thing that she was saying. She was able to do it because yeah absolutely yeah. you know the cleaner like cleaner energy essentially like you're, you're just getting things putting things in your body constantly that are nurturing and building up your body whereas meat and dairy often are things that tear down your body also they cause inflammation uh, inflammation causes soreness soreness causes you to not be able to train as hard so if we eliminate those things from our diet we're able to just pick back up train hard train hard train hard right and those those harder longer training sessions lend itself to higher performance. And it sounds like you, you have, you feel that you recover faster as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was the first thing I noticed as I started to take on a plant-based diet. 
um, was just eliminated soreness from, it was no longer a variable. I was able yeah. to run 20 miles, wake up the next day and just be like, well, I can run 20 miles again today. Whereas prior to making those food choices, there was just so much inflammation and soreness that took days to recover from. So, yeah. Not like our friend, question? we have, sorry, go ahead. Oh, wait. I was just gonna say, do you know what your blood type is? I do not, I don't, I should. My fiance is a nurse and I'm sure if I yelled into the other room, <laughs> she would tell me, but. Uh, I don't think uh, most, most people don't, I don't think. I only know because I gave blood. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think like John, my I've, husband's you know, curious. I've, I've done blood, I've done uh, a couple blood panels, one before leaving for the Transcon and one, you know, after coming back and all of my, everything was just spot on, you know, everything. That's so I'm, crazy. I'm able to um, keep everything very well managed with a whole food plant-based diet. I think the key to that is the word I said there was whole food. Yeah, um, And a lot of that is, that is why the farm stand is so important to me is it really encourages people to eat fresh produce right. and mm -hmm. fresh produce is a lot different from really overly processed things that oh. can come in the form of plant-based or not plant-based. And the more yeah. we can eat like real food, the better. And the farm stand gives you the highest quality of that, you know, the nutrient, Absolutely. the nutrient density of it that you can really, you know, we could probably, we have, and could do a lot of studies on how high the, nutri the nutrient density is coming out of the farm stand, but you can tell it in flavor. Anyone that's ever exactly. tasted something. We've talked about that. Oh, it's, yeah. You could buy a bag of arugula at, even at your local farmer's market yeah. versus picking it off your stand. And that's not to say that they're doing anything shady. It's just, that's the way in order to get it to the market yeah. and how long it sits there and all of those things changes the flavor profile, which in, in is just an indication of what nutrient changes have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just a matter of freshness. Like we can't, like you said, it's not anything malicious being done. It just takes a long time to go from farm to plate, yeah. unless your farm's in your guest bedroom, such as mine in my <laughs> office right. guest bedroom or, you know, and with that, yeah, you get the highest nutri nutrient density possible. So that's really, yeah. I mean, I even noticed like this week I reset my stand. So I bought almost all new seedlings. I have eight that I kept, but I did have to harvest a few things to make room. And uh, I wasn't ready to cook everything at once. So it did set for two days. And even that from my farm stand, you can tell the difference two days totally. later. And obviously the, the nutrients are, you know, leaving the plant as once they're dead. Once you cut them off, they're dead. Totally. Unless exactly. you can somewhat really... keep them in the. Yeah. I just, um, <laughs> I just reset my farm stand like a week and a half. Actually, we could go yesterday and also replaced all my seedlings and took out my beautiful parsley and my cilantro and like everything and put them in little cups of water and put them on my cell. And then I noticed that I have a pregnant squirrel who has just, I mean, this is the why I can't have a dirt garden, right? We've always <laughs> talked about how I can't have a dirt garden because I feed my all my wildlife in my neighborhood. And it turns out that I have a pregnant squirrel who is not afraid of climbing all the way up to next to my kitchen window. And she has just mowed oh. everything. So like oh she's chubby and feeding babies. And like, that was really, I was like, well, you know, she's plant-based too. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's still capable of, uh, you know, nurturing babies. That's just kind of a silly story for you. But, um, so what is your, now you've been, have you been with Lettuce Grow kind of from the beginning or, I mean, I know you mentioned that you're friends with Jacob. I didn't know if that was like because of Lettuce Grow or you were friends prior. We were, we were friends prior. So um, Jacob and I, the founder of, of Lettuce Grow, um, we were friends back in Austin. We ran with the same group of friends um, okay. and yeah, knew each other through that. And in his exploration that ended up with 
him creating Let Us Grow was he purchased, uh, he came in on a farm in Austin and the restaurants I was running, we actually, I think were his first customers. So we oh, wow. purchased arugula from them. Um, okay. And that, that farm was what helped him to realize the, the issues that are in our food system that then led to him developing the farm stand. So wow. kind of, we kind of started this, like what I would call like a progressive food journey about the same time. Um, as I left the restaurants, um, that was when I decided to take on these, these, these like um, plant-based decisions in my, in my food choices. And about that time was the time that he started developing the farm stand. Um, about the time I started running across the United States was when he released the farm stand at South by Southwest. So oh, wow. when, when I finished my run across the U.S., um, I was in L.A. doing a podcast out there and stopped by and saw Jacob and went to HQ for Let Us Grow and was just taken aback by what he was doing. And I was kind of having these internal like dialogue questions with myself of, OK, I just ran across the United States. I did it. The kind of point of that run was to create conversations about better food choices and show what was possible on a plant based diet. And then after returning, I was like, okay, I've done that. I feel like at this moment, my work is done in that level of advocacy. But like, what is the mechanism to make sure that people do have access to fresh food? And then here I go, I show up at my friend's new business and I see this thing he's up to. And I'm like, wow, here it is. This is that mechanism. This is Mm -hmm. a tool that we could all use, something that's scalable, something that could really profoundly change the way that we interact with our food. Um, And through that, we started conversations. And then I came onto the company uh, last January. So, what's your what's your role in the company? What do you do for Lettuce Grow? Um, right now, I, um, I I am forward speaking. I do things such as this, and then also I work with our partner develop uh, like like business development partnerships team. Great. So creating creating relationships with other meaningful companies and organizations, and then also I, I oversee our giving initiatives. So we have oh. a big part of the company is giving back. So a lot of mm-hmm. that is we donate farm stands to schools, food justice aligned organizations, community organizations. So. I create those conversations and I interact with those people and make sure we get on farm stands and make sure they're successful and just find ways that we can contribute to society as a whole in a positive way outside of just selling farm stands. Right. That's awesome. We love, that's one of the things that we love about Let Us Grow is their give back initiative, especially for a company that's so new. Um, Usually you see companies have to really like develop for years and years before they are in the position that they feel comfortable giving to the community. And it seems like that has been such a huge part of Let Us Grow from the beginning. Yeah, from, from you know, from my scope of what I've understood of the company, it's been there since day one. Like that was something that Jacob instilled in the company. Yeah, again, from day one. And that that is to me, that's something that's very, that that's very important to me to be a part of something that has those type of values. Yeah, yeah. And the education and the environmental, all of those things, it's like, it's not just selling a product, it's really trying to change. I mean, it sounds maybe cheesy to say, but to change the world in in its little area of the world. Um, I know we were going to talk about probably later, maybe at the close, but the new survey that Lettuce Girl has put out to really talk about the food sources and systems that they're asking people to fill out. We really want to encourage our listeners to fill that out because I think it's going to be that information that they gather from that, just mm-hmm. seeing what they've done so far, they, you know that so, something will come from that with Let Us Grow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So um, how long have you been a vegan? How, or, oh, I, I know we exactly say plant-based, I <laughs> but I want to, I know you say plant-based and that is kind of the buzzword right now, but just yeah. to clarify, because 
I know a lot of people, we are not uh, plant-based and a lot of people that listen to us probably are not fully plant-based. Yeah. So just to clarify, that's what you mean is, is traditionally like a, a, as vegan. Yeah, are you vegan yeah. or are you vegetarian? Are, do you do um, eggs so and I, cheese? I, no, I, I am completely vegan. Okay. Uh, you know, stick to a vegan diet, plant-based. Uh, the reason for me in kind of saying plant-based, I think it has less stigma with it. It's something yeah. that leaves room for interpretation and people to to figure that out for themselves, what that means. Okay. So it's plant-based. Mm-hmm. And and to me, like my messaging and the things that when I talk about people's food choices, my food choices is better is always better. Like if we can just yeah. all understand that the more plants we eat, the better it's going to be for us as individuals and for the environment, um, yeah. then then there's, there's room in that for people to, yeah, again, decide what that means for them. But also it leaves it open so that people don't have to feel discouraged, right? Like I think veganism is great and it's, it's something a lot of people identify with and I do too, to a big degree, but it's an absolute thing. It's, it, it really wraps right. itself in absolutisms. Whereas like, again, plant-based, it's like, well, okay. Like, yeah, maybe I did eat some fish a couple of days ago, but I'm still plant-based. And I think that's, it's good to be kind to yourself and when you're trying to take on new things. Right. And it, veganism it has gotten a bad, that. it's gotten a bad name over, I think the last yeah. couple of years, a lot of spoofs about it. And, and I'm sure there are aspects of, the community of veganism that probably do play into that. But I, I, so I do, I appreciate that you say like, I I loved when I heard that yesterday, better is better. So any small changes that you can make in that direction. um, We are so far, like both of us grew up large. Well, I grew up largely vegetarian, never vegan, but I mean, we weren't a hundred percent. We would have, you know, turkey at Thanksgiving and stuff, but my mom was mostly uh, plant-based even da- my sister had really bad asthma so we didn't have dairy mm-hmm. um it wasn't disallowed but it just wasn't something in our everyday my mom is now keto <laughs> like i can't even explain <laughs> how this far away from the way that she raised us it has become i will That's never so be keto and i would like to um stephanie and i have have both played around with um we recently did this 40 days of to enlightened eating, which is largely plant-based. Um, it does allow for some um, meat if that is your eating style. How um, many but it does encourage you. It was 40 we both days. lasted at least 20. <laughs> was it that? Because it was right up until I had surgery, I think, because I had yes, she I had, had surgery, surgery in so November. That, that throws <laughs> everything out the window. And I thought, oh yeah, well, I have a daily harvest subscription. I'll just be able to you know, exist on smoothies when I'm recovering. And then I realized like, I just, nope. <laughs> I want pizza. I want pizza. Yeah, yeah. I want comfort. I want everything, you know, to fatten me up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> when you're, when you're talking to people like us who are open to the idea of moving, at least like you said, better is better. What are the, what's the, the first thing that you, you think is easy to transition? Um, I think like just eating more of the right things, like just, you know, like just incorporating more fresh produce. I think that really is a great place to start really going back to the farm stand and why I think it's important is like, it's not about take, like I did another talk recently with Brendan Brazier on, on lettuce grows Instagram. And, you know, he said a good thing about that is like, it's not about what you take away. It's what you add, just keep adding Mm. good things. And eventually if you add enough good things into your repertoire of the things you eat, you will yeah. by default eliminate those bad yep. things. 
And also like, I just think it's better to keep energy positive, like go with positive things about that addition, not subtraction. Uh, I think that's, that's a great good. point. You know, that it really, that's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Cause when you're adding more good things, you're adding more fiber, which means you're feeling more full. You're adding mm-hmm. more vitality to your body essentially. And you're, you're creating a new taste palette. Absolutely. And, you know what I mean? I will so- say without <clears throat> trying the lettuce grow farmston has done that for me in the way that I, I would say, and this is not based on like how I was raised. It's very different than how I have eaten for the last 20 years. I married an Italian <laughs> American who is either eating Italian food or is eating a very American processed diet. And so I have kind of just it because of ease, having a child, having to cook for three people. Like I have just kind of transitioned in that way. Mm-hmm. And in the process I've gained weight, I've lost health. So buying the farm stand without even thinking I'm trying to do this, I've always liked to grow things. I'm big mm-hmm. on indoor plants. And so I, and I have dirt gardened in the past. Um, but I would say my vegetable intake was if I was eating on my own, I always gravitate toward a salad at lunch. And then at night we do a protein, a starch and a vegetable. That's either a salad or a cooked vegetable. That's it. Like that's like a traditional American diet and greens anywhere else in the day is just not something that I would have gravitated to having the farm stand and needing to get through eating all of those things, wonderful and wanting to eat all of those wonderful things I'm growing has transitioned us to eating still protein at night, but instead of a starch, and this isn't like a, oh, we're going to cut starches out. This is just a, I have Swiss chard. I'm going to cook braised greens and we're going to have a big, beautiful salad with all these herbs in it. And I'm going to make greens at lunch and I'm going to have spinach with my eggs in the morning. You know what I mean? So it does, I lend it to lend when you have access to it and you don't have to go to the grocery store and you're not throwing greens away, which I hear every mom in America talking about, I'm going to buy the bag of arugula to throw it away in two two weeks from not using it. Now, and, and totally opposite of that, which is weird because Tara and I typically don't have anything opposite. (laughs) I've always had a very like vegetable salad, whole grain protein. Mm -hmm. That's my mom. That's how my mom raised us. She would like, you know, make a steak and then cut really little tiny pieces. And then she always had a vegetable or two and a salad and then probably a starch of some sort, like brown rice or something like that. My kids, one of my kids thinks that the keys to life, my older one, the one you met Uh earlier, um, he thinks that the keys to life are meat, vegetables and fruit. And he would be fine like being paleo for the rest of his life. <laughs> like if I never had to give him bread, he would be <laughs> totally okay. Or rice, yeah. you know, and then my other one's not. So it's interesting. Cause I, for me, like being plant-based, I was, I was actually vegetarian 25 years ago, mostly mm-hmm. because I was a broke college student working <laughs> at a health food store. So like, you know, it was easy for me to get vegetarian food <laughs> because I got an employee discount and then I got really sick. I did it for like a year and a half and I got so sick. But, you know, go back 20 years. You're talking late 90s here or mid 90s, you know. Am I doing math right now? Yeah, late 90s. <laughs> that would be right. Um, uh, 20 and- years ago sounds like 1980 <laughs> to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 20 years ago, I was born 20 years ago. Um, so anyway, what I'm saying is that like, I got so super sick, but now mm-hmm. I feel like there's 
greater access to better quality things. Yeah. But like, where do you, so you have this plant stand, I mean, this farm stand, plant stand. <laughs> um, you have a farm stand in your house. Obviously we can see it. Is that your second stand or is that your first first stand? Because it looks um, like it's one, two, three, four, four. This four. is a six tier. This is, yeah, oh, this six. is the large okay. one. This is 36. So right now this is all we have, we're growing with. Um, okay. I do have another one, but it's really more because I'm, I mean, I run an excessive, excessive amount. Yeah. So, you know, we, it's a, it's a two, two person household. I think a 24 to a 36 plant farm stand is usually will suffice for that yeah. unless you, you know, are prone to run across a continent and then you might want to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but right now this is our only one we have plugged in. Um, but yeah, it encourages us to eat more fresh produce. And I think that's a huge part of what the farm stand does is that by default, you're just more interested in it because it's something that's mm -hmm. growing. It's something you pay so some attention fine. to. And for your kids too, like kids interact yeah. with it. You know, I know that was a huge part of why Jacob uh, yeah. founded Let Us Grow is off of the heels of having some children and the wanting yeah. to make sure that he understood that the quality of food they were eating was as high as possible and realizing there were a lot of dots that weren't, he couldn't connect in there. And so this yeah. gives you full transparency over that. Yeah. And also like it can fundamentally change the way children interact with food. 100%. You know, like I don't, I don't know if it wasn't for my grandfather having a farm and growing up, seeing a garden. I don't know that I would have been able to make that connection of where my food was coming from and therefore make good food choices. So right. a lot of people don't have that opportunity to have a grandfather with a hundred acre farm as I did. So this farm stand can kind of be that, that thing that keeps them yeah. engaged with food and keeps them thinking about yeah. quality and, of food and the importance of it. And it develops a, a br more broad palate. You know, Absolutely. I mean, my kids, again, my kids will eat anything and everything I put on the table for them. Sometimes they may not like everything. Um, my younger one did not like my very fancy butternut squash soup that I made, um, <laughs> which was weird. But um, but they'll they'll eat anything I put down. We're not the kind of family who's like, kids dinners at five and adult dinners at seven. Yeah. Like dinner is dinner. Oops, dinner is dinner, and that is the end of story. Um, I never catered to their differences or being children. It took my older one a year, I think it was a year and a half, to eat macaroni and cheese on his own. And I had to train him how to wow. because he, <laughs> we would go to parties, like birthday parties, and that's what they would have. And he, he'd be like, no, I want the chicken or I want you know, the salad. Yeah. And my kids will eat like arugula salad till they turn into a little plant themselves. But my younger one, he's five and a half now. So we've had this stand since he was four and a half. And he, he knows the difference between oregano and mint and cilantro and parsley and celery and he knows because he goes out there and he'll be like mom did you spray this with neem oil no i didn't because i don't have any bugs in the winter did you spray this okay and he'll just take it and he'll start eating it yeah. and you know we tara posted last week my kids are kind of also nuts because they eat more broccoli than i could ever grow on a farm stand <laughs> just by stalks but um, but the fact that they can see and be a part of the process yeah. and they love putting water in the stand, they love feeling in control of what's happening out there. And it really has become like a family, minus my husband, uh, ordeal, you know, <laughs> like we all engage with it all the time. I'm but... all by myself with my farm stand. <laughs> that's one of the things that we talk about that I'm sad about is that when I had a dirt garden, my son was very into it. My dad has always had a huge, he's on mm -hmm. like an acre. So he has a, not a hundred acres, but <laughs> he's always been around. My dad has had a huge garden, many beds. And so he's finished. I posted a picture last week of him eating the tomatoes right off the stand at two yeah. years old. I mean, oh right gosh. off the, the plant at two years old. 
he's almost 15 now he could give a rat's ass about yeah. my farm well, he's not he, 15. it's like i mean yeah there's there's not much you can keep him he and my husband call it <laughs> he and my husband call it the giant dildo that grows mom's vegetables <laughs> but i mean they like he eats it he eats yeah. the vegetables he is he's again like her kids uh we he's we always our, my favorite story is taking my son to maui for the first time and us being like uh, here's the kids menu and he's like uh no you have trained no, no, no. me not to yeah. eat off a kids menu we're like yeah but it's maui everything's 30 dollars a plate so why don't you look at the kids <laughs> no i'm gonna take the mahi mahi thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did the same thing also in maui he insisted on the mahi tacos and he was like three and the people are like what? Like, could you just <laughs> order some chicken fingers <laughs> he but i like this- what just sorry oh, going back this is like totally unrelated but I just wanted to touch on this because stephanie mentioned when she was a vegetarian and i think that's what turned me off to vegetarianism is when i got to college and i could eat whatever the heck i wanted and wasn't controlled mm-hmm. by my mom i gravitated toward not i would, wouldn't say a traditional american diet but more towards meats and and, and yeah. adding those kinds of things in it a lot of seafood i love seafood yeah um, I think more mediterranean than american i definitely i think if I lived on my own, I would probably be like a much more Mediterranean, but I lived with a vegetarian and, um, she was the grossest vegetarian that of all time, (laughs) like she was her favorite. Yeah. And I think it really turned me off because I thought, why are you doing this? And I think (laughs) for her, it was more of an ethical, uh, animal reason so Mm -hmm. i think that that as i've gotten older i've been able to find the nuance and what what makes people become vegetarian and i i I definitely i respect everyone's like how you get there but i do see a difference in the way that people eat depending Mm -hmm. on what their motivation for being a vegetarian is absolutely and i think what i learned from her and this is definitely not probably the case across the board but what i learned from her is the fact that she was eating vegetarian based solely on the fact that she was an animal lover and didn't feel ethically called to eat animals is that she ate like actual, actual shit. Like yeah. she, her meal of choice like French was- French fries make, and a cheese pizza? It was a, it was a meatless Big Mac and, and fries and a Coke. And I'm like, there's nothing healthy about that. So yeah. you're not gonna sell me on being a vegetarian if, I, if you're eating less healthy than I am. So I think yeah. then you say, when I ask you, what can we do? And you're, you're, it's just eating real food. Yeah. Adding Turf. more real, you can eat like total crap and be mm-hmm. a vegan, right? There's yeah. so yeah. many processed things out yeah, there. There's, there's, and I there's think like some there's of those bad things... expressions of everything, right? Yeah. Like whether it's right. like yeah. your food choices, your religion, your whatever, whatever it is. Absolutely. Like there's, there's good and bad expressions of it. Um, and yeah, there's very, there are a lot of unhealthy vegans um, and there's a lot of unhealthy everything. But um, okay. yeah, I think the key exactly. is going back to that idea of whole food, plant-based, just eating things that are green and alive and less things out of a box. Plate. Absolutely. And, and just adding those things positively, incrementally over time and just, you know, right. bettering yourself every day or yeah. once a week or whatever it is, like. Although there are things that are probably, uh, I don't know how you feel about these, but I have noticed in the last couple of years, although I wouldn't want to replace everything in my diet with a processed 
fake meat. There are a lot of great options out there to encourage people who are meat lovers. I know Mm -hmm. we have a friend who's a vegetarian. He comes over and brings his impossible meat and I will eat that with him instead of the burger because it's delicious. Those really speak to like, to me, there's three reasons. There's three things, ways that you can talk about plant-based choices. And it's either from a uh, performance health standpoint, an environmental or an ethical. And what those like those let's talk about like beyond meat or impossible meat. Um, those really hit on the environmental one, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that right. for me Absolutely. was one of the big things that really pushed me towards plant-based decisions was as an individual, the more plant-based you eat, the it's one of the biggest things you can do as an individual right. to help mm-hmm. curb climate change. And that's what I really value about those products is it's meeting the American diet where it is like people want to eat burgers. I want to eat burgers. Um, When I ran across the United States, my sponsor was not a mover. It was a dairy-free ice cream company. I don't want to sit here or anywhere on a pedestal telling people they shouldn't have ice cream. That sucks. That's boring. That's not fun. Well, food is so much about our culture. I mean, our culture, not just our culture, cultures around the world is so tied into after religion, probably food is the next big thing in our culture. And even those two things tie together, right? And yeah, and I I think, but everything in moderation, like, I don't think even if we sat down and talked to you know, the founder, CEO of, of Beyond Me or Not A Moo, they would tell you like, these things are meant to be treats and something that is incorporated right. into your right. food choices, but not, you shouldn't eat it every day, just like you shouldn't eat a burger every day. Right, you know? totally. Um, yeah, like exactly. I've, I've said too, is like, like, you know, like, yeah, like I'm gonna have those things. It's same as like, you know, I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't drink a six pack of beer, but every now and then I, I might just do it, you know, right. because, totally. why? Exactly. because it's yeah. fun and, and, right. it's fun. <laughs> right. and beer is good. So yeah. <laughs> well, if you were going to say one thing, as far as your athletic, not take away the environmental or ethical part of, mm-hmm. of the way it's raised or whatever, what do you think just i got me thinking yesterday talking to Dotsie about, about the i was shocked at the olympic team being sponsored i never even thought about that by yeah. the dairy industry mm-hmm. and how harmful dairy is yeah. do you think dairy as far as like health wise or for an athlete do you think that's the more damaging i than do I, I do in a lot of ways um i think because it's it's not talked about as much like you know it's kind of like the sleeping the sleeping like mm-hmm. uh giant yeah. just the, it's yes i i do i think um it's really not natural it's not natural to drink the milk of another mammal we're the yeah. only mammal that chooses to do that and it really has happened in a way that it's if you really start digging it's it's not a decision that we've freely made on our own it's been made for us through like massive amounts of money behind ad campaigns um mm-hmm. and you look at it like there's only like one region in the world that we find that the population is not somewhat lactose intolerant and that's Northern Europe and like everywhere else, like it's really harmful to your body and it expresses itself in like your skin. And, you know, there's a ton of different ways, but you know, I, I just remember growing up and having friends in school that had like bad acne problems and just being like, that just doesn't seem normal. Like, doesn't seem natural like why is our are our bodies doing that and now having dug into that a little bit further I guarantee you a lot of that is dairy and it's just being Mm -hmm. inundated Mm -hmm. with dairy in all these different places like you find it in in everything you know and it's just made its way and creeped into so many of our foods 
even outside of just like drinking a big pint of it. But yes, I think it is definitely something that deserves more conversation and people should just listen to their bodies on that. Like try a week without it. And I guarantee you 90% of the people out there are going to be like, yeah, I feel a lot better. I'm trying a week. That's that's going to be your challenge to me because I will say I have said for years I could be vegetarian. It would be hard for me with my family because I know they're not going there with me. Um, But the dairy part to me, I'm like love cheese and like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so those are the that's the I've always been very resistant. I could probably be vegetarian, but I'd never get rid of dairy. But I know just in the last couple of years have determined for myself. I know it's my biggest issue health-wise. I know that it causes me inflammation. I know that I am, I finally gave in and I drink lactose-free milk. And I'm thinking to myself, clearly this isn't what's meant for me. If it has to be created to be lactose-free. I know my son is much more uh, lactose intolerant than I am. And I, you know, he's a teenager. And so I definitely, it's something I struggle with because I do enjoy it. Oh, yeah, and, and I did too. Yeah. You know, I ran pizzerias. Yeah. Like there was mozzarella on everything. Yeah, um, yeah I'm married me, to an though, Italian. <laughs> I am <laughs> we Italian. Touched so. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on a while back though, but you know, a lot of it's refining your palate. And the yeah. more, you know, positive, healthy food choices you make, the more your palate will crave those things and let go of the things that maybe are not as good for you. Um, and also there are a lot of good dairy, like dairy-free cheese options available now. I would say even since I've kind oh, yeah. of journey, they're yeah. getting a lot better. Like there my is mom some actually, really good stuff out there. Yeah. Where, my mom lives in San Luis Obispo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, mm-hmm. but she came down with a whole thing. And again, she's keto, so she's not trying to be, I mean, I guess she does reduce her cheese, but uh, she brought a, mm-hmm. a cashew goat's cheese like a whole slew of different flavors and I was like she's like I thought you might really like these and I'm like I am not interested in fake cheese like (laughs) I'm not into it that was probably two years ago I think about that cheese I checked this woman's website she just sells (laughs) at like the farmer's market to see if she will ship like probably monthly (laughs) she does that but I it was so like if I could have access to, I should just find something here. If I could have access to that specific cheese every day, yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. could do it. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Daya. I really like the, is it Daya or Daya? Mm-hmm. That brand. Daya. I, Daya. Yeah. I, I really like theirs. Cause I'm like a, I'm an omelette person in the morning. I mm-hmm. love an omelet. And so I started using that. Um, I think it was when we were doing the I feel like it was before we did the 40 days, 40 days of enlightened eating. I'm it's literally stare. The book is staring me at the face right now, like shaming me from the corner of my desk. Um, (laughs) So let's just talk. Let's hit on a few lettuce grow specific things that I wanted to talk about. Um, So you have the one stand right now indoors. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? But you have another stand you're just not currently using or yeah, being in Denver and the, I like, I always have the one indoors. Um, It's, you know, the one indoors is really nice. It's a controlled environment. Everything's very predictable. Um, I, I had this vision for lettuce grow that one day, like a lettuce mm-hmm. grow farm stand will just be an, an, an extension of your refrigerator, like another appliance yeah. that we all by yeah. default have in our homes. And that's what the, what this one plays. It's really for all of our greens, hearty greens, and then some herbs, cilantro, dill, um, things of that nature. Mm. Then I also do one outdoors in the summer. We do have a really good summer growing season here in Denver. um, And I just enjoy just ramping it up. And that one, Mm -hmm. I do a lot more fruiting vegetables, your tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, zucchini, things of that nature. Um, Yeah, so 
this time of year one and then in the summer I'll have continue the one inside but then I have one I do outside as well. okay do you ever what? grow like do you dirt farm at all dirt, dirt garden at all so that's an interesting question. Um, you know, it was something I've always been interested in gardening. Uh, never really felt as though I knew what I was doing enough to really set out and doing it. And that's like an that's like one of these like hidden gems of the farm stand too. Is it really increases your confidence in growing? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, after our first like six months with the farm stand, it we hit our, our last summer and we had a little side yard that my fiance and I decided we were like we're going to do it. We're going to try. Uh, to do all of our root vegetables because you know that's one thing the farm stand doesn't do it doesn't yes, do root veggies right, yeah so we seeded that with with root veggie stuff and we had success and it really came from the confidence we gained from using the farm hmm. stand like the farm stand we've eliminated as many variables as possible to making growing as easy as people for easy people as possible but you still learn a lot and taking oh, that absolutely. that that knowledge but also that confidence to then go and do a, you know a soil-based garden as well yeah especially like with the pests right because i've oh, done yeah dirt gardening before and sometimes it's hard to determine is am I not successful because of the past or is it something in my soil am I not watering enough am I watering so taking all of that out and really that's your biggest issue with the farm Sam I obviously mm -hmm. there's still like we talk about whatever barriers you have in mm -hmm. you're still going to have those barriers there's, yeah um, it's still a garden in outdoor growing like yeah. you're still going to have you still need enough sun if you live in denver you can't grow outside in december like totally. the farm stand can't do that for you it can yeah. do it inside but um but yeah it I does eliminate question. so much so you can really hone in on where the issue is and go out from there Absolutely. so what percentage of your diet do you think actually comes from the farm stand um, for us, I would say probably 30, 30%, like, wow, you know, okay. like, you know, we're really incorporating fresh produce into just about every meal, whether right. like some of my favorite things on the farm stand, um, are the bok choy and mm -hmm. the koji tot soy. They're really hearty and I'll, you know, just nurture and watch a bok choy get until it's just almost probably a little too big. And then we know it's mm -hmm. like pho night and we make like a <laughs> with it, uh, saute it into a lot of things. Um, we eat at least one salad a day, yeah. you know, and the, I really love the wasabi arugula. Um, I think <laughs> so it would funny. be, bing, bing, I think it'd be too. quite of interest to do a whole That's salad my, of it, but you I'm like pepper it into things. It. I'm obsessed <laughs> yeah. with it. And I was like, I like yelled like yesterday when Dotsie yeah. said that that's her favorite. Totally. Is the wasabi. I was like, yes, I am like <laughs> the evangelical one on this podcast about everything. <laughs> the wasabi. It's great. And the it, Like you said. Yeah. And the Tatsoi, I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of the Butter lettuces do really well um, as well. Yeah. Um, and you know what I really like now, we have the glow rings. You know, this is our first season yeah. of those. They're as so pretty. You, you guys can see behind me and mine has the glow rings. And what it lends itself to is very like uniform and consistent growth. Yeah, so it just things amazing. grow and you you really can predict when it's at its like mature state so that you can be anticipating when to harvest it. And um, yeah, the butter lettuces, the Koji Tatsoi, Bok Choi, the arugulas those all they're incorporated into just about every every meal we yeah sure. we love i love adding that uh the wasabi arugula. i make like a braised it's on our instagram page a braised uh greens with coconut milk oh nice mm. and the actual recipe is just from the back of a whole foods like coconut milk can but uh and it just calls for collards but i use whatever mature greens totally. on the, yeah. like can be braised and uh -huh. obviously only mature arugula but really mature arugula it's actually great for when i like let my stand go a little too long yep. <laughs> for using up those greens totally. but the wasabi adding the wasabi arugula to those is such an interesting flavor profile I i'm just a huge fan i love it actually yeah. you're probably you're getting to our uh 
our uh, lightning round questions probably now. You're spoiling our life. The, the chard. We, we do a smoothie every oh, morning yeah. and we make sure to always have a good bit of chard planted. Oh, um, okay. It's really hearty. It goes well into smoothies. Interesting. Um, I've never, never thought about adding chard in a smoothie. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. I do. Yesterday, I cut because I just harvested everything a week ago. And so I chopped up all of my chard and I made big salads for my husband and I. With I have this dressing that I make that's like, Way too much garlic, olive oil, lemon, salt. Way too much garlic. Pepper. You had me yeah. way too much garlic. I mean, yeah, it's like... I don't think there's such a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I feel. And so I feel badly for anybody else who eats my salads because you're going to get way more garlic than you've ever expected in your life. Um, but my grandfather, he was like, you know, from Europe or whatever, but he would like chew on raw cloves of garlic. Oh, wow. And that was like his antibiotic. Yeah. Like he would just like <laughs> chew on garlic. But anyway, he passed on the garlic gene to me, I think. But that dressing on the, on I did all of my kale, the Iron Man kale, mm -hmm. the rainbow Swiss chard. I don't want to say there was one other thing that I added into that, but it was like the yummiest, heartiest, uh. most delicious lunch salad <laughs> that I've made. I need to start using time. the char. Do you eat so your char? So you said you use it in smoothies. Do you eat it raw in salads a lot also, Robbie? Raw in salads and it sautés well, like the hardier. Okay. Uh, you know. I think and, I and mostly the, cook yeah. it. So I, I need yeah. to start adding it in raw. Wait, kale really as well, kale, kale as well, but the char seems to me to propagate faster. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. it just, yes. we seem to have a lot of it often. So it makes its way into the smoothies for sure. Have you, I don't know if you, anyone saw, cause I reset my stand and I took some video and I have it posted it yet but it's so funny because then farmer nick yeah. posted yesterday and that, that was one of the things that i was like oh my video is the chart the, the uh how beautiful the roots are oh they're oh, so, so pretty gorgeous, yeah. they're, they're so, so pretty and i don't think i had taken it out although i would i also wanted to say because i i were hoping to get him on the podcast that oh nice like here's Mr. Expert, and if you see his roots <laughs> yeah. in his stand are Root such testing. a mess. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. That I let my he really knows what he's doing, and so for him to yeah. let that go, <laughs> I was like, it looks like a bird's point. nest. It was insane, but I love it. That's I what I love about the those. farm stand. I Stephanie and I talked uh, on the first episode about. Um, when we were on our break, we ended up taking an extended break. Um, my son had some health issues that I had to be dealt with. And my stand is out in my yard. So it was just, there was too much going on. I, I just ignored it. I didn't feed it. I didn't do anything. I knew it wasn't going to run out of water because it's cold. I started buying vegetables. I just, it was something that I couldn't deal with. Mm -hmm. And everything continued to grow. Like, yes. I'm just crazy? like, it is so funny that like you mm. really, I don't advocate for being negligent with your stand, but it's such, it speaks so highly of the system yeah. itself yeah. at how, what an idiot you can be sometimes. <laughs> totally. And that's, I think a lot of people, you know, when they see the farm stand, they're like, is it going to really work? And I'm like, the problem is not if it's going to work. Like I'm it's, telling you, yeah. this thing will take It's going to work. Like it, yeah. it definitely, it, it encourages growth. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I took people ask me friends who have bought them and say, do they, is it really as easy as they say it is? It really is. Now I'm not going to say it's no work at all. You have, I mean, if yeah. you want to have totally. big success, you have to put some time into it. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes a week is a lot of time to put into it and you will be great. But yeah. yeah. And, well, and, and even, there's the support team around yeah. too, right? Any, 
any questions do come up like we have a we have a team of pros we have a team of horticulturists totally. we have a team of support that they're yeah. always a call text or, or email away and yeah. they've seen it and we all, have the page <laughs> the facebook page itself exactly. we talk yeah, about absolutely. it all the time I'm in groups for all different things. Trader Joe's mom's groups and <laughs> our pizza oven group, which is the worst thing in the world. I'm about to, it's like a traumatic, it's like an abusive yeah. relationship. I need totally. to get out of. 100%. The Facebook group for Lettuce Grow is the most supportive community of it people totally I've is. ever seen on Facebook. So you it's why I stay on, honestly. Like I've thought about canceling Facebook for so long and then it's like, well, when I lose... And I lose my bio nothing projects and I lose my let us grow community and I'm not going to do that. So that's, so that's we, a, yeah, we have a quick lightning round that we like to do. Well, uh, you're only our second guest. So I don't know if you, know, <laughs> we, we really, we grow so similarly. So this is where we are in our second season. First season was just yeah. Stephanie and I fangirling and, you know, fangirling over our lettuce, our, uh, our farm stand and, and Jacob, that's our little and Jacob. You can we tell him. him it's our little our ongoing gag about our girl crushes on Jacob. Perfect. Um, I will let him know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has because we tell like all the people we at say, Let Us Grow were like, say hi to Jacob for us. Hi, Jake. <laughs> So our first season was really that and how we grow and how, you know, it was our first year and what are we struggling with and what are we trying and how are we dealing with pests? But we both live in Southern California. Our climates are a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but so this year we really wanted to focus on other people. And so people who are growing indoors and in different climates, people that eat very differently than us, like you do. Um, so we have kind of a standard little lightning round that right. we like to, to give. Um, so first is what were you surprised about the most with using your lettuce grow, either a crop or something about it? The ease, just the absolute ease of it. Um, it really, you know, again, like you said, it takes, a, it takes some work, but in a lot of ways it is plug and play. And that was very assuring for me when I yes. did start growing with the stand. Right. Same. Uh, what's your, I think we already covered this, uh, but what your favorite crop? Yeah, the, the most interesting is the wasabi arugula for sure. Yeah, because it's not something you ever see in the grocery. I mean, I maybe I missed it, but I don't. I don't think, think I've ever, ever seen even it. at and, a farm, like, farmers market or anything. Well, yeah. actually, so <laughs> my first experience with wasabi arugula, I lived in Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, for a year and a half while I was working out there. They brought me what? out. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know this. So no. it was like the darkest year and a half of my life. I got engaged three weeks before I was supposed to leave. I think that was his way of being like, oh, no, she's going to go away. And then I'm going to lose her. <laughs> um, so, he, so I planned my wedding from there because I you know, was by myself and had no friends. But I was working for an agency out there. And um, I went to the farmer's market and I was so excited. They have this little tiny, cute little town square the way a small town would that, again, I've lived in L.A. and New York. Whoops. L.A. and New York. There's no little tiny town square. Right. Right. So right. I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas, tiny town square, farmer's market. Oh, my God. It's been snowing all winter. Get me in the sunshine. Get me in the spring. Oh, my God. Fresh arugula. I can buy this and it's not coming from Walmart. Give me the root. I went home. I made a salad. I stuffed my face. It was burning uh, hot. The spiciest. <laughs> it was the spiciest thing I've ever had. I was yeah. crying. You probably I thought like, it turned. It bolted. <laughs> <laughs> it was like pepper, like the heaviest peppery flavor ever. And I was just, 
I was very sad. I'm looking forward to more <laughs> varieties like that, though, that you don't see. Oh, the other yeah. one for me, if I had to choose another, would be garlic chives. Those have yeah. been yeah. like, they're, really they're awesome. like the best addition to a salad yeah. ever. I'll never grow another regular chive in my life. It's garlic <laughs> chives for me. Um, and then what was the last? Uh, oh, what is unique to your, either what is unique to your process that you might do that other people don't? Or what do you think has made you the most successful in your growing? Um, I think most successful is I really I think it's important to stay on your daily on your weekly maintenance. Um, just just keeping everything in line. Um, I think in your first like two or three times setting the stand, you'll you'll get to where you really know how to set the pH. Um, and yeah. once that's in line, just making sure you do that consistently the same every time. If your pH is too low, it's not that big of an issue. It's really on the high end. Um, don't freak right. out if it's too low. It'll rise over time. But um, yeah, just consistency, just stick with it. But then in the same breath, like, you know, outside of COVID, we travel a lot. And should I leave it for two weeks, three weeks? Um, it's fine too. But I mm -hmm. think like for mo best results, I notice when I'm just, you know, paying it attention. And I think that might be more of it than anything. It's this more ethereal thing of just like showing it love and gratitude. Yeah, I think that goes right. a long ways. Like it's yeah. a part of my morning routine is to check the farm stand and see how things are growing. And I think I think plants pick up on that kind of energy. You know, that's a little weird. I agree with totally. you on that Absolutely. for sure. I, I know during the summer, we I said that I would have my coffee out there as I checked on the stand and as I got colder and things kind of went crazy in my life. I, I have actually been thinking, is there a possibility of moving it closer to my house? I just don't, like we have a lot of pergolas around so mm -hmm. it would block a lot of sun. But um, I, I think that is a great tip is just really paying attention to it. But what you said about it leaving on vacation, it was the biggest selling point to me because yeah. the year before I had had a dirt garden, I had someone house sitting, we went to Hawaii for a week and we hit a heat wave, which if I had been home, my garden would have struggled, but it would have survived. Yeah. I got home and like, you know, I'd spent hundreds of dollars in soil and seedlings totally. and all of that, all of that at the beginning of the summer, it was all gone when I got home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the farm stand, the, 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 obviously we didn't travel this summer, the first year I had it, but I yeah. do know after this experiment out back that I probably, if we were gone for a week, it would have been completely yeah, fine. Absolutely. And if it had been gone more than that, all I would have had to ask is that someone come fill it with water. I That's wouldn't it, even, right? totally. I wouldn't <laughs> even had them out. I wouldn't have them add nutrients, nothing, just fill it with water. And even if yeah. it is that they add yeah. nutrients, like instead of having somebody come over twice a day to soak your garden, it's once a week, every 10 right. days, you know, well, and right. so it does yeah. make lower that maintenance or that, that need for worrying about that when travel is involved. And, and I think that's the cost that people... point, the water, the saving on the water, 95% like, yeah. less water than a traditional it's garden bed, especially for y'all, you know, you're in Southern And I think like, people don't, it's people hot. don't, that doesn't translate. And I, we need to get be better about talking about that because that's huge. Our water it's bill huge. went up crazy in the summertime mm -hmm. when I was mm -hmm. dirt gardening. You know, and that's something we didn't touch on is the environmental implications of the farm stand. One, and I'm sure you guys, you have talked about this on, on your show, but you know, it's made from ocean bound plastics, 95% uh, yeah. less water than traditional garden bed. And also your carbon footprint of your produce, you know, like, again, okay. one of my reasons for going plant-based was one of the main reasons was environmentalism. Well, even within our, our, in, within plant-based decisions, this thing really helps you to clean up your carbon footprint of your food even further because things aren't going from farm to grocery store to your house 
Well, right. You know, and like, no one even knows what seat. local means. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. like, you know, yeah. I hear local at our farmer's market and I'm like, well, we're in San Diego and you drove, I know this farm because I grew up in San Luis Obispo. <laughs> You're driving from San Luis Obispo yeah. at least once a week to San Diego. I yeah. can't imagine how other places that you're driving to like yeah it's not china but it's still it's not here in san diego it can can easily be mexico even for me in denver right like a lot of a lot of our produce is coming from there and that's very that's a lot of carbon that's that takes trucks trucks have to you know and that's refrigeration for those trucks which is a a huge like you know that the emissions from refrigeration are massive. So not having to do that. Oh, and also, about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we lose over about 50% of our produce in transportation and then what rots in our refrigerator and totally. you no longer have to deal with that at all. It stays alive until you're ready to harvest it. So therefore there's no food waste. So can you also actually speak to this? I saw a guy on the Instagram, maybe yesterday, not Instagram on the um, Facebook, maybe yesterday or Monday. And he was like, I'm, I'm con- I really want to buy a farm stand. And I know that it's, you know, the plastic and all that, you know, it's, it's recycled plastics and blah, blah, blah. But he said, but they're still shipping in a plastic container. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm trying to eliminate plastic. Now for me, I look at it and go, well, it's recycled plastic. One, two, it can be recycled again. Right. Absolutely. Everything is completely recycled and recyclable. So, so then people were like, well, there were kind of like, why are you so concerned about these little tiny things when you're talking about carbon footprint of mm-hmm. trucks and manufacturing? Were you like talking about sure. like the seedlings that it's packaged? Yeah, the seedlings. When, mm-hmm. He was concerned about that. And he was like, maybe when Lettuce Grow figures out some other way of shipping seedlings. And for me, I'm thinking, well, they need something with high moisture because they have to, you yeah. don't know how many days they're going to be in there. So it does yeah. need something that retains that moisture in the pod while it's traveling. I'm going to go to Robbie's you know? saying of better <laughs> is better. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's minimal. It's much less than that. And all of it is things that are recyclable where when you're talking about cellophane that a lot of our yeah. things are wrapped in from the grocery store to, you know, mm-hmm. encourage things to stay fresher longer. That's not recyclable. You know, no. like so many things that we, we put into our recycle bin don't end up being recycled. Absolutely. Everything that we're, packaging things in will make it to being recycled it is all completely recyclable so yeah better is better and that's where we're at right now as the company scales we do put you know seedling fulfillment centers closer to large markets and with that that's going to even further reduce our carbon footprint so we have a great we have a special thing in that like we're i don't think you'll find many companies that as they scale their carbon footprint actually decreases and that's something you can say with confidence that's awesome. And and I like the the fact that, I mean, sometimes it's frustrating because I'm like, I have three ports and I want to just get three seedlings. But like the fact that you have to order six, like that, yeah. you're taking yeah. that like Amazonification out of like that, yes. you know, just one thing at a time. That, that seems so small, but that reduces in itself. Yeah, that over, you know, you extend that out over our whole customer base. That's a big deal, you know, and that is something yeah. that we are, conscious of and it, there's there's a lot of thought that goes into every part of the process of this and that's to make sure that we cause as little harm as possible and provide as much value as possible to our growers yeah, yeah. that's amazing um tara do you have any more lightning round questions because i think nope. we are so stoked that we got to have you with us I know. today awesome and um, I want to be respectful of your time and the rest of your day is your how far ahead is mountain time 
I'm only an hour. We're the worst. We're the worst. We showed up an hour late to our last interview. Like we, I don't, we are like. She was like, are we doing this? And we're like, yeah, at 3.30. She's like, uh. That's what time it is. Anyway. Um, Yeah. So anyway, we're really grateful that you were able to come in and and share with us some stuff. We'd love to have you on again at some point too. Please, absolutely. I feel like we could talk for like six hours. One last thing, because I'm just determined to get this to Jacob. I mean, uh-huh. if we if we are lucky enough to talk to him, I'm going to harass yeah. him about it too. We want a mini farm stand. Yes, <laughs> that's okay. our next wish. That's farm our farm stand. A, right. a countertop farm. Don't make me buy an arrow garden. <laughs> just even if it's just for us for Christmas, we're up here. Right. <laughs> go through the whole production. We'll do a little one It just needs just to hold six. Just a tiny. <laughs> I want it to look exactly the same. It just to be teeny tiny. I'll let and him then, know yes. for sure. Okay, that's, that's the big. That's yeah, our big wish list item. Right. You know, Arrow Garden is one of your guys' biggest competitors, <laughs> and they have so many options that it's really hard. I don't to find them go, to be a competitor at all. You know, well, yeah. There's. I keep hearing people say, well, I have this one, and it takes real dirt. And I'm like, go take your real dirt and your real water, and bye-bye. I don't care. <laughs> I love mine. I love yes. the hydroponic thing. Every time I tell somebody, I'm like, I have a podcast about hyper- hydroponic gardening. I swear to God, they think I'm talking about weed, weed. Because that's how old I am, because that's what people did when I was a teenager, right? Oh, hydroponic gardening meant you were growing pot. So I think there's uh, a whole underground movement of people using lettuce grow to grow pot. I'm so sure that, oh, yeah. that's... I I would love to find someone that would want to come on. I did a little research. Uh-oh. <laughs> really? Well, we need to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much, Robbie. And I hope you are uh, fully recovered soon. Yeah. Oh, okay. how, how are you feeling today I feel from 100 good. miles on Saturday? Yeah, my legs are getting there. You know, I, I had to travel home from New York and sitting on a plane that long kind of prolongs the, the recovery oh, yeah. process. But yeah. I'm getting there. I think one more good night of sleep. I'll probably be back to running tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. You're like inspiring me to yes. like not just consider I'm running. Go, I'm like going go on a walk today. I watch in a row. <laughs> I know. I may actually get off of the couch and go out there. Okay. Nice. So last thing, if you were to challenge us to do one thing for one week, what would it be? Um, you know, I think of the conversation we had earlier, like, you know, it sounds like there's it sounds like there's maybe uh the thought of letting go of dairy for a week i think that would be really nice from a food from a food standpoint give it a week see how your body feels um i think you'd find your stomach feels better less bloating and then just yeah. just keep incorporating better things you know think about it as a positive add add don't subtract i think you know again brendan okay. brazier said that on a instagram live i did on let us grow recently and it really resonates with me i think yeah. that's a really good way to look at it I need to go back and listen to that. That's still That's on a good one. He's, he's an ace. He's he's kind of the godfather of the athletic plant-based movement. He was one of the first guys to do it. And we're really, really fortunate and proud to have him a part of our growing community. Awesome. As well as, you know, you guys and so many others. <laughs> it's we're a little cult right? we're creating here. Forget <laughs> totally. veganism. Lettuce grow is the next yeah. cult. <laughs> totally. They're going to make a documentary about it one day. Um, Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It Thanks, Robbie. All right. Bye-bye. It's good to chat with you, too. Talk to you soon.